Hello and welcome back to the Gritty Men podcast, equipping, encouraging, and inspiring God's men to live God's way for God's glory. Hey guys, thank you so much for taking some time to listen in or watch today. Um, I hope that this podcast will be a blessing to you. We are going to spend the duration of our time discussing um, the topic of integrity. And um, both integrity and character are going to be discussed in our podcast today. Um, and let's just kind of look first and foremost at the definitions. Most of you are very well aware of that we are in a moral decline in this nation. In fact, we see it absolutely everywhere. No shock for us. the one true living God, as we've learned and studied together out of Romans chapter 1, um, that there's just certain things that happen, and when a, when a nation rejects God, obviously, morality is going to decline, because the standard of righteousness and the standard of morality is based on a fixed um, person, that is God, and that's his standard, and when we leave that standard, then all of that stuff shifts to whatever direction that we feel we deem necessary or appropriate for each of our own lives. And that leads us down a path of no return. And so we, we understand that there's a huge decline in, in moral character and then also acting out the character in moral integrity. In fact, we are unindated or inundated might be the right word with um, the news that is just filled with all of these um, things that are happening in our time that are really um, a basis of the lack of moral character and moral integrity. So, character defined is the mental or moral qualities distinctive to an individual. And the reason I want to give you um, the definition of character, because you might be thinking that, well, integrity and character are the same thing. They're, they're actually not the same thing. They're different, but they're connected. So, character, excuse me, is the mental and moral quality or qualities that are distinctive to an individual. Qualities that distinguish one person, group, or thing from another. So it's, it's easier to think of character as one's moral and ethical code, so to speak. So our character is based on uh, convictions of things that we believe, and we develop a moral code that we live by. It is a combination of internal traits that produce outward behavior. Um, integrity, on the other hand, is defined as steadfast adherence to strict moral ethical codes. So integrity is going to be living out what we believe as our code or our character. And it is the outliving of those things that we hold to be true and valuable in our life. So when you combine character and integrity, here's what you get. Character is one's moral and ethical code, and integrity means that one is living according to that code. Thus, someone who lives with integrity lives according to their moral values. So character defines who you are. Integrity is living out our character. If that makes sense to you, I hope it does. I hope that's easier to, for you to grasp and to understand that. So... Um, the foundation of good or bad integrity is based off one's character. Now, when we think of the word integrity, we ultimately think of a high level of moral integrity. But the reality is there can be bad integrity, just like there can be good integrity. There can be bad moral integrity. 
So integrity can be both bad and good. Um, and what we're going to look at today is developing the necessity um, of a high level of integrity, moral integrity in our life. And we know that begins as the character of who we are. And that is developed um, in our lives through perseverance and through um, the Word of God and through development. And we work towards developing these high moral um, values that develop our character, the essence of who we are as a man. So every man has both character and lives that out with integrity. Um, integrity um, can be either good or it can be bad. Just like a man can have good character, therefore he doesn't always do this, but he strives to what live that out with good, high moral integrity. You can have poor character, and that often is displayed through poor integrity. And remember, integrity is um, a steadfast adherence to a strict moral or ethical code. So if you have very poor moral character, obviously you're probably going to have very poor moral integrity. In other words, the traits of what integrity um, is defined by are going to be lackluster. They're going to be poor. They're going to have no moral credence for uh, the way in which they're lived out. And we're going to get into that in, in more detail. Let me ask you a question. Um, are you developing um, moral character in your life? And how would you describe yourself in relation to um, having high moral character? And then in answering that question, are you, are you living that out in your life. In other words, you can have principles of high moral character, but when pressure comes or a difficult um, opportunity sets itself before you, and it could mean that you might, by living out a high level of moral integrity, it might cost you something. In other words, it might have an adverse effect negatively um, on your life or maybe your career. Um, and so you can make the right choice and have high moral integrity, but it doesn't always guarantee that it's not going to have an adverse effect of consequences for standing in high moral uh, integrity and living by high moral character. You can have an adverse effect. And so sometimes what happens in our life is we have options that are set before us every single day. And if you're, if you're, if you're not careful, you could be you could compromise your moral integrity. In other words, you might make the decision that, well, if I do this, the cost of what it's going to cost me if I do this, if I don't go along or if I don't support this um, or, or whatever it might be, it may come at a high cost for you. And so I want to encourage you to always walk in high moral character and integrity because that's the essence of who God is. God is integrity. Um, God, and, and we're, we're striving and, and, we're, and we're, we're growing and we're desiring to be like Christ. And so you'll never go wrong if you honor God in every situation by living out um, that situation with decisions that are based on high moral integrity. Even if the consequence is there that brings something negative, don't compromise on that because that, in effect is going to have an impact on how others view your character. 
And really, your character is absolutely everything to you as a man. It's the essence of who you are. And as a godly man, you want to have high moral character, godly character, because it defines who you are. In fact, listen, not everything is for sale. Something in our life that is not for sale is our character. We will not compromise and give way in the area of high moral character in our lives as men. And this is being developed, and God is developing this in our life, and he's doing this through a process called sanctification, but also through a process of things that God allows to happen in our life, um, even our marriages and how our spouse is used to also uh, be part of the refining process of God's work of developing high moral character in our lives. There's going to be opportunities that are set before us that God allows. And in uh, Romans chapter 5, 3 through 5, we do talk about this verse a lot, but it's a great verse. Um, Paul says not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings. There's a purpose in sufferings or trials or difficult things. Knowing, Paul says, that suffering or these trials, they're producing endurance in us. And this endurance is the word grit. It is... um, it is endurance through adversity. It is, it is a growth that happens by going through something hard and difficult and responding to it in a godly way. It will bring about grit in our life. And I mean godly grit. That is endurance. We have that staying power, that, that, um, that consistent persevering in our life. It's part of what we must develop as men. God knows this and he's allowing things in our life and bringing things even in our life that will help us grow in this area uh, of, of grit or endurance. And then Paul continues and he says that endurance produces character, which is what we're describing here uh, in relation to what the essence of who we are as a man is defined by this topic of character, and it's the values that we possess and hold, the convictions that we live by. It is the very code that defines the way in which we live our life, the way we look at the world, the way we process information, the way we respond in different circumstances, the way we love our wives, we lead our families, we operate within business, um, the way that we lead other men, the way that we lead our children, uh, the way that we we, we also serve in our, in our community of church and the body of Christ in leadership and, and, and service. All of this is defined by a code that is basically a definition of who we are. It is our character, and it is being molded uh, through this process of trials and, and difficult things in our life. Um, it is developed through endurance, and endurance is going to develop our character. And then character, Paul says, brings us great hope. And it doesn't disappoint us or put us to shame. Why? It's because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Ultimately, the purpose of all of this is to bring glory to God. Our lives as men, number one, most important, is that we are to live our lives to bring glory and honor to God. And you cannot bring glory to God if you do not have high moral character. And you could have high moral character, but you would fail in bringing glory to God if you didn't have high moral integrity in the way in which you lived out your life. In other words, the decisions that you make every single day, um, 
the way that you that you live your life is lived out through principles that are a part of our integrity. And it's the response to things. It's how we respond. It's how we react. It's the decisions we make. It's the moving forward. How are we how are we doing this? Well, we're doing this based on the foundation of high moral character, but we're choosing now to live out this high moral character by integrity and integrity is the living out of the character that we possess as men of God. And when we operate with that and we make decisions that way and we live that way, the integrity that we have that is based on a high moral character, lived out with high moral integrity, it brings glory and it brings honor to God. That is how that works in our life. And so you can have either good character or you can have very poor character. And character is developed it is developed. No man is born with great character. But from the time he is a little boy, his character is being developed. And so fathers, you have a huge responsibility in not only displaying for your sons what high moral character looks like and lived out through the principles of high moral integrity, you're showing and demonstrating these things to your kids. And they're watching and they're learning. And then as a father... Through discipline and through training, I'm helping my sons and my daughters to develop high moral character. And the basis for that is God, and it's God's Word. That's where we find the truth of the highest standard of moral character. That's where the basis comes from, and the standard is raised from that, from God's Word, and from what He desires and expects of us as those who belong to Christ. And so you have a great opportunity uh, during the formidable years of your kids to develop this high level of, of, of a belief and understanding and conviction about who they are and why they believe that to be true and where is the source that they gain this information and knowledge and this truth that they build their foundation of the very essence of the being of who they are. In other words, the code by which they're going to live out their life. And that's something that we develop from a very young age all the way through to adulthood. And then it continues to be developed through the years of adulthood. And so God is continuing to grow us in our character, that we would become godly in character, and that we would live these things out with a godly high level of moral integrity. So, on one hand, if an individual has a strong moral and ethical code, that would be his character, and he compromises what is right when it serves popular opinion or in order to achieve personal gain, in other words, he compromises, and this would be his integrity now, they are not living with integrity. Now, they may have a moral, high level of moral character, but it is tarnished and it is, it is compromised when we do not live that out in principle with high level integrity. In other words, when there's a chance for you to maybe, you know, to gain but you're going to have to drop your integrity some to make that happen. You didn't gain because if it affected your moral integrity in a negative way, you have lost greatly because the, the essence of who you are as a man, it is your character. 
that is the most foundational, most important, most valuable thing that you have as a man is going to be the essence of who you are. It is your character. It defines you as a man. So it takes discipline um, and it takes um, it takes the willpower and the choice when we're at a point of compromise and that opportunity is there to step in and say, I will not compromise in the character of who I am. Therefore, I'm going to make the tough decision and I'm going to make the right choice based on the high level of moral um, of, of moral ethics that I hold and adhere to, and I'm going to make this decision. My integrity is going to reflect the high level of moral, um, moral integrity and ethics that I have, and I want that to be lived out, and you do too as, as a man. Now, you're going to have lots of opportunity to compromise on this. In fact, sometimes you're going to have opportunities to compromise on it, and you're going to think that, you know what, no one, no one even knows or no one's going to have to know, or no, no one will know. But the reality is, guys, we know as Christian men, God knows everything, and God sees everything, and the Holy Spirit of God lives within us. And so the reality is God is watching. God does know. And so we want our lives to offer great uh, glory to the God in which redeemed us. So integrity requires discipline to live out the code of developed character. When tempted to take the easy, popular, or compromising road. And I'm telling you guys, that this is going to come along often in your life. But choose by discipline and through your own convictions to, to, to take the high level of integrity. Listen, you need to be very cognitive of this because this is going to come up a whole lot. Let me read you a few scriptures. Proverbs 10, 9. Whoever walks in integrity walks securely. Why would that be? Because if you walk with integrity, you don't have to worry about hiding anything. There's nothing to hide. So you can walk securely knowing that you're walking uprightly before God and before man. When you're living in integrity and you're walking out this true um, developed character of high moral ethics and it's lived out through the, the, the integrity that is displayed through decisions and actions and, and how we interact and relationships and everything, that, that's going to that's gonna let you live in a way that provides great security in your life. But then we're told here, but he who makes his way crooked will be found out. Listen, most, most people who are crooks, most people know they're crooks. They act like somehow people don't know that they're crooked. The, the, the reality is people know you're crooked, man, um, because you've, you've done people wrong. So they know you're crooked. Um, and it's like, well, they don't either care or they think no one will know. And they think, well, I can, just, I can just act like I have good character. No, no, listen, you can't act like you have good character if you don't have high integrity. It's impossible because your integrity is a reflection of your character and your character is a reflection of who you are as a man. And the truth is, your crooked ways will be found out. God knows, and men know. <laughs> now, not all men. You, you're going to fool a few people here and there, but as soon as you're crooked to them, guess what? They know, and the word gets around, and people talk, and that's just what happens. Proverbs 11.3 
the integrity of an upright of the upright guides them what kind of guidance do you have if you have poor moral integrity you have nothing what, where's your standard where is true north there is none see the great thing about being in Christ and knowing God's word we we know truth i mean the whole point of a compass is that I know where north is. It doesn't matter uh, anywhere else on the compass. The compass points to true north. Therefore, I can know where south is, east and west. And I can navigate through life um, with a compass, so to speak, a moral compass that always points to true north. It lets me know where I'm going and it lets me know where I've been and it helps me get back to where I need to go. And so the whole aspect of walking in integrity, it lets you... Um, live a life that is guided by truth and you can know the right direction and the right way to go. And when you're living that out, you can actually have some security in that. But men who have no moral integrity whatsoever, um, they're, they're like a ship that has no anchor and they're just drifting through the, the seas of life. They're just adrift. We're not that way. We're anchored to truth and it is always pointing us to true north. In Proverbs 11.3, it continues, but the crookedness of the treacherous destroys them. Now, it may not happen instantaneously, but over time, it destroys them. And let me say this. If you have, if, if people don't view you as having high moral character, in my opinion, you can have all the money in the world. You can have all the fame in the world. You can have all the women in the world. You could have everything the world aspires as pointing to success and the reality is if you don't have high moral character you don't have anything because all those things can be purchased bought lot character you can't buy that you can lose it but you can't buy it it is something that is developed it is something that in a sense is actually earned um, and it's earned in a way of way it, of how it's lived out. People have a certain opinion of you by how you've lived out your life. So if you've been uh, a person that has poor moral character, don't be surprised that people think you're a crooked or, or they don't have any stock in what you say. Don't be surprised if if you're not just like everybody just embraces you in a, in, in a church group and and they're like, oh, yeah, if you're if you're a crooked man, you're a crooked man. Don't act like you're not because people aren't stupid. They know. And the reality is it's it destroys them in the end. It just does. Now we have our, our, our political system is an absolute debacle. Um, and, and politics and our government and all of those things that should set a standard for greatness and for ethics and for character and integrity have all been lost. In fact, we have zero confidence in our political system. Now, I think some of that's by design, but we have some of the most crooked people in the world that are actually operating at the highest levels of our government, telling everyone else how we should live, but they don't live by the same rules or abide by the same ethics or moral integrity. They don't do that. And so you don't have any confidence, but it, it will destroy them in the end, and it may destroy this country. By the way, the country itself, nearly, it's nearly there anyway. So um, Psalm 41, 12. Here's another one. But you have upheld me, this is David writing, because of my integrity. So David had gone through a, a period of time where he was having some issues with his health. 
And in that psalm, in Psalm 41, he says, Even my friends have raised their heel against me. And David finds that even his friends, and there are a lot of people out there talking a lot of trash, and you know they're, they're kind of speaking, hoping that this could be the demise of David. And so David goes back and says, but God, you're, you've, you've upheld me, and the reason you've upheld me and that I can trust in you, God, and know that you're going you're gonna to be here in this situation for me and help me is because I have what? I have walked in integrity and set me in your presence forever. So David's just saying, listen, I've walked in integrity before you, God, and so I know that you're going to help me get through this. Because God honors those who honors him. He's, he's true to those things. So integrity that is in line with high moral character does the right thing even when no one is watching. Why is that? Because God's men know that God is always watching and we are to live as to bring ultimate glory to God. So every day when you get up, one thing that can help you with all of this is it's, it's, it's before you even set out to like say, okay, what do I have on my agenda today? How many appointments do I have to keep? Uh, what, what do I have to do at work today? Whatever it is. If your first thought could be, and you might write this down on a three by five card, I don't know, and you stick it you know, on the dash of your pickup and just put my purpose for today, bring ultimate glory to God. And that's really a way in which you can pray and say, God, my desire today is to bring you the ultimate glory. I want to glorify you by how I live, by how I talk, by what I do, by the attitudes that I keep, by the work and the ethics by which I do my job, how I interact with people. Um, you know, uh, I, I want my life today to bring you glory. So that's the goal. That's the purpose. It's not how much money can I make today? You know, how many deals can I get today? It's not all those things. It's first and foremost, God, how can I today through my life bring you the most glory because you are worthy of glory. And my purpose is to bring glory to my great God. So here's some ways, guys, that I have for you. I think I wrote down nine here that can help you as you're working through this, especially in the development of our character, because God's still developing my character, um, and he's still developing your character, and we're, we're growing into the likeness and the image of Christ. That's the purpose of what God is doing through trials and difficult things and so on and so forth, is to make us like Christ, and so Christ is the standard uh, that we are measuring ourselves by or that we are growing to or attaining to or that we are following after a, a disciple under the great teacher, Christ, the eternal Son of God. We, we are mimicking him, following him, striving to be like him and to act like him. And so, um, number one, we have to keep a growth mindset. Um, I know there's guys that are in the senior years of their lives that are listening to this podcast and you, 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 you've, not, you, you've, you've stopped growing. You've just quit. You're like, my life is near the final season. I'm in the fourth quarter. Um, you know, it's fourth and goal. And, I mean, what do I have left to attain to in life? Well, you're not done growing unless you just make that, uh, that determination in your mind. We are always to be growing because living things grow. 
and never stop pursuing growth. Don't stop reading, studying. Don't stop with your physical health. Don't stop having goals. Don't, don't stop achieving. I mean, I think about Caleb in Scripture. He's 80 years of age, and Caleb is still wanting what God had promised him through Moses. And here at 80 years of age, he's not sitting in the recliner over here, you know, just fumbling around through his day, doing nothing, no goal, no purpose, just existing, waiting for the coffer to call, waiting for, for, for the final breath and the last moment of life and, and just, you know, shuffling along through my day. No, no, no. Caleb, he tells Joshua, give me the mountain country. Give it to me. See, what happens to men in their older years, even after they retire, I've seen this, Guys will work some career job and they'll spend 30 to 35 years of their life grinding it out at a job and then they retire and, and they hang up their boots or, or they, they hang up their hat, so to speak. They're done with that and, and they, just, they just, their purpose leaves, man. And, and, and you watch these guys, they go downhill so fast, many of them are dead within two years. And I know these guys, oh, I'm preparing for my retirement, man. I'm going to put back these hunts several. I got all this money and I'm, most of them don't even get to spend it. They die before they even get to spend it or enjoy it. See, you can't stop growing. And if you've retired, you better get something in your life that gives you purpose. You better be moving towards something, striving towards something, growing towards something. You need to always be asking God, what do you have for me next? I have old guys that come in and say, well, I should have died a long time ago, but I'm still here. Well, if you're still here, God still has purpose for you. And you still have purpose, and you need to be giving glory to God by the way you live your life, whether you're 18 or whether you're 88, it doesn't matter. Give glory to God by the way you live your life, and, and keep after it, man. Keep moving, keep striving, keep going. So keep growing. Have a growth mindset. I've never arrived. I'm continuing to grow. Now, in my salvation, thank God, Christ fulfilled all of that. And by faith in him, I have been placed in Christ. And my salvation is done. I don't have to earn that. Thank God. But my life is still a whole process of living out and bringing glory to God, bringing this great purpose that God has brought into my life, for my life, and it's going to last until my last beat of my heart and the last breath that I breathe. And so for some of you more mature men here that are watching this, young men are looking up to you. And our culture has said this, this is what you do. You spend your whole life getting ready to die comfortably. Man, that sucks. That's horrible. That's lousy. That is crap, man. That is garbage. No, you ought to be living your whole life every single day, not looking to the wind, but living today. Because many of them don't even get to fulfill that final thing. Well, I'm just going to, no, it doesn't usually happen. So live today. Never stop growing. If you're 18 here, you say, well, yeah, grow, man. Keep growing, keep growing, keep, keep growing. If you're middle-aged, keep growing. Don't stop. God's men must never settle for where they are in their walk with Christ. In other words, I am settled in my salvation, not speaking of that, but in my growing of becoming more like Christ. It's a, it's a life process, man. But it's, 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 um, it's part of 
the great journey that God has us on. And sometimes it seems like I, I really go forward, and there's other times I look and I go, man, I think I've kind of retarded in that area. i gotta, I got to step that area up. And it's, it's just about growth, and it's having a mindset that's willing to grow. We must always be learning. Keep reading. Keep studying. Keep trying to learn how to do something new. Figure out a new hobby that you want to learn. Build something. What, whatever it is, continue. It's all for God's glory. And when we men have a growth mindset, we glorify the Lord in that. 2 Peter 3.18 says, But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. To Him be glory both now and to the day of eternity. Amen. We are to constantly be growing in the grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Number two, guys, uh, this is just to help us with our integrity, to be men of integrity. Um, number two is to honor God first. And I talked about that just briefly, that when the compromising um, opportunity comes, and it comes to men with high moral character, it comes to them all the time. There's always an opportunity that the enemy would like for us to compromise in. And not only that, people around you sometimes would like to see you compromise. And they watch. They, they know what's going on. They, they're seeing how you handle the situation. They know this has come up at work. They, they, they're, they're, they're realizing that, yeah, we could make this deal, and this deal could bring us a bunch of money, but we're going to we're gonna have to bend on our character and integrity here to make this thing happen. In other words, we're going to have to fudge a few things, or we're going to have to be dishonest in this or lie about this or whatever. Listen, people are watching you. Do not give up on your character because it's the essence of who you are and it's really at the end of the day all you have. So don't give up on it. Honor God first. Always remember that. When you get ready to make a decision, will this honor God? Why? Because I'm to bring him glory. Will it honor God? Well, it could cost me. Doesn't matter. Honor God. Honor God. Honor God. Honor God. Every single time those things come up, always honor God. Ask yourself this question. When you get ready to make a decision, Will this decision ultimately bring glory and honor to my God? And if it's yes, do not, do not compromise on it because God always honors us in our obedience to him. Um, that doesn't necessarily mean that, that, that you're going to get that deal, but you don't want that deal if it's going to cost you to compromise on your integrity or your character. You don't want that to be the case. So honor God first. Here's Proverbs 3, 9 through 10. Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of all your produce. In other words, he's first. He's preeminent. He's preeminent. My money doesn't rule me. My money has a purpose, is to bring glory and honor to God ultimately. Um, this is just talking about the first fruits, whether it's monetary, it's produce, your barns, it says. Then your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will be bursting with wine. Honor God. There's blessing for those of us who honor God. And I know this much, you can't outgive the Lord. And I've never had God not be faithful to me ever. And when you honor him, he's always faithful. Always. Don't forget that. In Matthew chapter 22, verse 37 says, Jesus here speaking, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. That is putting God first, and that is included in every aspect of my life. Number three, here's another thing that defines men with high moral integrity. Number one, they're always growing. 
Number two, they honor God first. Number three, they keep their promises. Now, this is not something we can do in perfection. I know that. Um, I've made promises uh, that I have not been able to keep. Um, and it says in Ecclesiastes 5.5, 5, it is better that you should not vow than that you should vow and not pay. In other words, sometimes we overcommit and we underproduce. That's just a reality. So keep your promises and be very, very careful about what you promise. <laughs> I remember, you, you know this movie, I'm sure too, if you've ever watched Lonesome Dove, and they've made their way to Montana, and Gus is killed by some Indians there, and um, he makes his way um, to see a doctor, and, and he, he's in Miles City, Montana, and Woodrow finally finds him there, and he's about to die, and on his deathbed, he, he, he asked Woodrow to promise him a few things, and one of the things that he asked Woodrow to promise him was that when he died, that he would not bury him there in Montana, but that he would take his body all the way back to Texas and that he would bury him in a little orchard of trees there that he had a fond memory of where he um, spent time with one of the women that he really loved in his life. And so Woodrow, he said, I, I'll do it. I'll do it. And then the whole, there's a whole part of the movie where we have now waiting till spring because it was winter and put him on basically uh, on ice, if you will, so to speak, not literally, but, and then he takes it the next spring, he loads him up in the back of a wagon, he heads south to Texas, and then his entire journey of just getting there back to this, to this place, and I mean, he gets there, his clothes are ragged, his boots almost have no soles left on him, I mean, he looks rough and ragged from just the journey of getting, um, Gus back to this spot and then there he is standing over this pile of rocks in this orchard of trees by this river and he 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 stands there and he says from now on this has taught me that I need to be a little more careful about the promises that I make and I think that's a great illustration sometimes we are tempted to promise things um, because we have the right intention in it but we're not able to make it happen in the end Maybe we're too committed, whatever the situation can be anyway. So it's better for us not to, to vow that we're going to do something um, and, and not be able to, to do that. So keep your promises. Men with high integrity know this. And so the next thing is what they're not going to do. Um, the fourth thing with men that have high level of integrity, high moral integrity that's lived out, a display of their, of their character, they don't commit unless they're certain that they can deliver. This is another thing that's important. Um, we need to count the cost. Um, Jesus is speaking here in Luke, and this is what he says. Now, he's talking about following him as a disciple, okay? That's the context of this passage of Scripture. And he's talking about you, you need to count the cost here um, because there's a cost in following Christ. Salvation is free. But it takes something to follow Christ. Jesus says, if you don't take up your own cross and follow me, you're not even worthy to be my disciple. So there's already, we know there's going to be saying no to ourselves and crucifying our flesh and walking in obedience to Christ that's denying myself. 
But here in Luke 14, 28 through 30, this is what Christ says in this context of following him. But it's a great illustration of even this about committing to something without not thinking through it first and realizing the cost of what it will take in order for us to accomplish it. In Luke 14, 28, For which of you, desiring to build a tower, does not first sit down and count the cost, whether he has enough to complete it? Otherwise, when he has laid the foundation and it's not able to finish, all who see it begin to mock him, saying, This man began to build and was not able to finish. It's just a great illustration that before we do something, we should always, and this is part of our maturing process, I used to do a lot of things just, man, I mean, just just get it done, and really didn't sit down and really consider what it was going to cost time-wise, maybe even monetarily, um, what it would cost others, you know, cost myself, um, physically, whatever. I would just say, you want us to get it done. But as I've matured some and I've grown older and I've been through a lot more in life, I realize the importance uh, of, of taking time to reflect and think through the process. Count the cost. Do I have what it's going to take in order to finish this? Um, can, I, can, I, can I man up and make this happen? Um, and so men that hold a high level of integrity have learned this because they don't want to compromise on telling people that they're going to do something and not be able to fulfill that. And they've experienced what that's like when they have made a promise and they weren't able to fulfill that promise. Um, and it was because of their lack of preparation and forethought on the cost of what it would take to make that happen, whether it's time restraints or monetary or physically or numbers of people, whatever the whole situation could involve, these men have learned that it's important to count the cost, reflect, can I do this? Is this something I need to do? The fifth thing we find with men that have a high level of high moral integrity and live this out, their character is defined this way, they're honest. They're honest. They do what they say they will do. That's only part of that. They're honest. In Matthew 5, 37, we're told this. Jesus says, Let what you say be simply yes or no. Anything more comes from evil. In other words, just be honest. Yes or no. Um, and having a high level of moral integrity means that we have to be honest. It's not just about what we say. It's also about what we do. It is follow through. Um, you can't have high moral character and you cannot display high moral integrity if you are not an honest man. The two uh, are not compatible. They're incompatible. Now, you can have poor moral character and obviously display a very poor level of integrity and you can be a dishonest man. We know that. There's plenty of them out there. Number six, here's another attribute of men who live with a high level of integrity. They surround themselves with men who exhibit high moral character and integrity in the full spectrum of their lives. Now, I wanted to put the full spectrum of their lives in there for a reason. Because there is no such thing in the life of a Christian man as a compartmentalizing Christ in certain areas of the spectrum of our life. He is our life, the totality of it. 
And so if you want to grow in a level of high moral uh, character and integrity, you need to surround yourself with men that you see by observation who live this way. And they live it throughout the dimensions of their life. In other words, they're not going to be a shady dude in business and be a good husband. Now, they could be a good husband and be a shady dude in business. But the reason you don't want to hang around that guy is because he's not got high moral character. Because it covers the, the gamut of the spectrum of who we are as a man. Every aspect of our lives. And I see this so often within the Christian community. It's as if Jesus only gets one little slice of the pie of what defines us as men. We're going to give him one little sliver, and that's what we're going to, we're going to define as high moral character. But everything else can be sleazeball and can be horrible. That's not what it means to be a Christian at all. Christ is the whole pie, the whole spectrum. He is, in short, your life. In fact, you died and your life is hidden in Christ, as it says in Colossians chapter 3. He is our life, man. And so if you're a young man or you're middle-aged or even if you're an older man, if you want to grow in your moral character and in the level of your integrity as far as morality and ethics is concerned, hang around the right kind of people. It's real simple. It's not hard. Now, it's not going to be easy to find those men, but you need to do your due diligence to, to be around those kinds of men. Be around men who require you to raise yourself to a higher standard. Stop hanging around a group that always uh, has a lower standard than what you aspire to live by. Because you're not going to grow, man. Now, you might be helping some other guys grow if they're aspiring to, to grow to a higher level if you're living that way. But, but you should, as that man, be aspiring other men and, and, and putting those men in your life and, and, and surrounding yourself with these like-kinded men. That will help you a whole lot. Um, Colossians, uh, 1 Corinthians, excuse me, 1 Corinthians 15.33 says this. Do not be deceived. Bad company will ruin good morals. This is true. I can look at the spectrum of your friends, and some of you aren't going to like this statement. In fact, it's probably going to be offensive to you. But I can, I can tell you a lot about your moral character just by who you call your friends. That is a true statement. And the whole adage, birds of a feather flock together, is true. It's very, very true, especially in relation to mankind. We hang out with those that we're comfortable being with. And so be very cognitive of this. You can show me your best friends. I'll tell you exactly who you are. Not exactly, but I'll tell you a lot of what you're aspiring to be or how you're living your life. Um, and so you can hide some of that, but for the most part, your friends say a lot more about you than what you realize. So be careful who you hang out with because you're you could be deceived because bad company ruins good morals, good character. That word morals is actually good character. Um, number seven, here's another thing that we find with men who live at a high level of moral integrity. Um, they are comfortable with telling people no. 
telling people no. People will always let you overcommit and always let you complicate and fill the time of your life if it benefits them. Now, this is something that early on in ministry I got my tail kicked with. Because I felt like that, you know, if I'm going to be a pastor and, and I'm going to be this good pastor and do all these things that, that, that I'm supposed to do according to wherever that came from, uh, that, that I mean, that my time basically means nothing. And anytime somebody needs something, boy, I am there. I'm giving that time. I'm making that call. I'm, I, I'm, I'm going there. I'm doing that. I'm, and let me tell you something. That's absolutely baloney. Um. Because it, it's sucking you out dry, completely. And it's also taking away from the most essential things that a man has in his life. In fact, every man that's listening to this podcast, he is a pastor. Every one of you. Now you say, well, John, I'm not a pastor. You are a pastor. You're a shepherd. Every one of you men that is listening to this podcast, if you have a family, let me, let me make that slight um that slight inference here you are a shepherd and a pastor because your first ministry is your wife and your children but i can't tell you the number of times early on in ministry where my wife and my children were all shoved on the back burner because some joe blow over here had an emergency that that he put himself into uh and all of a sudden you know, I, I'm, I'm having to set aside the most important things and go deal with this issue or this problem. And I don't mean that in disrespect, but let me tell you, most emergencies people have had in their life for a long time. I've learned this. Uh, you put yourself in most of those positions. Now, I'm not talking about a car wreck where someone's killed in a car accident and you call your pastor and say, hey, my wife was just killed. I'm not talking about that kind of accident or that kind of emergency. I'm talking about people who make poor decisions in their life, who are sorry men, who treat their wives like crap. Or, or wives who cheat on their husband or whatever the situation can be. And this stuff's been going on for a period of time and all of a sudden it all hits the fan. It's emergency 909090 and I mean right now we got to have you. Nope, that's, that's a bunch of baloney. And so guys, guys that, that operate in this, they learn to say no because sometimes you got to tell people no. No, I'm not doing that. No, I can't do that. Or I could do that. But you know what? I'm not willing to do that. So the word no is something that we have to get comfortable saying. And people don't like it when you tell them no. But you know what? That's just the way it is. Get good at telling them no. Number eight. Here's another one that I think is important. And we see this in men who practice a high level of moral integrity. They are on time. They show up on time. One thing I absolutely hate is to show up late to anything. I want to be 10, 15 minutes early. And I've got some friends like that. Like they're on time, man. And on time, I mean they're early. They're, they're not like pulling in and it's like 30 seconds until the time you were supposed to leave. No, these guys are there. They're ready. They're prepared 15 minutes before you were supposed to even leave. And that is what they do in pretty much everything that they do in life. They're always early. They're prepared. They're ready. So one, one element that you find in, in these men who live this way is being on time is very important to them, being punctual, 
In other words, if you're going to tell somebody, I'm going to be there at seven o'clock in the morning, or I'm going to be there at six o'clock in the morning or whatever time it is, you make sure you're there before six o'clock in the morning. Don't make people wait on you because that is just a lazy, um, it's a lazy behavior. It can be fixed. Now, if you blow out a tire or you hit a deer and your car is incapacitated, I mean, there's reasons you could be late. But, I mean, this shouldn't be the norm of your life. In fact, this should be weird if you don't show up early or on time because it's just a matter of discipline. That's really what that is. Number nine, here's another one. You'll find this with these men. They love to work. They are hardworking um, Colossians 3, 23 through 24. And this is the reason that they work hard. Number one, there's a benefit to it. Number two, because we're commanded to work in scripture. Number three, they take great pride in providing for their family and for their needs. They also find purpose in what they do. And then ultimately they realize that their work is a reflection of what? How they bring glory to God. Bringing glory to God is our greatest purpose. And so Colossians 3, 23, the apostle Paul said this. He was a hardworking dude. Whatever you do, work heartily. In other words, put your stinking heart into it, man. Do it. This is becoming something that I don't even know what to say, and I'm not trying to be harsh, but it's harder and harder to find people who will work. Just do their job, man. Just put some heart into it. And it says, whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men. The, one of the reasons some men may struggle, and it shouldn't matter your whole concept of whether it's for man or whether it's for God here. If you have a, a, a high level of moral character, you're going to work hard at what you do. You're just going to do it because that just defines who you are. You're going to work, man. And you're not just going to kind of eh, kind of halfway do it, kind of eh, slide in, eh, slide out, eh, get by. No, you're going to do it heartily. You're going you're to put some oomph into it, some thought into it, some passion into it, some zeal into it. And you see guys like this, wherever, if you're in a corporation or a company or, 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 you're, or you're either in ministry or med, it doesn't matter any field of work that you work in. And you guys all work in different types of, of, of occupational fields. You're going to find guys like this and you watch them. You're like, dude, that guy, he puts out, man. And you know, other guys are like, dude, why is he working so hard, man? He's always just trying, he's always doing extra and doing more and makes us have to be out there. And see, they don't like that because that's not their moral definition of who they are as a man. They're, they have lackluster um, character. They don't like guys that are doing that. But if you watch that guy long enough, you're going to watch him climb. Whoop, he got another position. Whoa, he moved up to an another position. Oh, they gave him a pay raise. What do you know? And guys don't like that. Well, no, he has and displays a high level of moral integrity before for a Christian man. Our purpose in doing this ultimately is what for God, because my life reflects whom I belong to and whom I serve. So that's why Paul says, whatever you do, do it heartily, man. And here's the reason. Don't do it as if you're doing it for men. He says, when you work, act like you're working for God. Because you are, because you're displaying something. Knowing that from the Lord, you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ. 
some of you guys maybe got up this morning, you may be listening to this, and it may be first thing in the morning, and you're like, man, I just, I don't want to go to work today. I don't want to go to my job. I've been there. I hate that job, whatever it might be. I want to encourage you today. Listen, where you're at is not where you have to stay or where you will always be. Don't forget that. Um, you could choose to make a career out of something and stay there 20, 30 years. That's becoming less and less common, by the way. Um, the reality is, wherever you're at today, do it as hardly as you can. And do it that way until the day you leave, the Lord moves you, or you get a, you, 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 you climb a ladder of, 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 of success there. Whatever it is, if you will put in this type of mindset, it will ultimately bring glory to God, but also you will benefit from it every single time. Now, the, the greatest group, though, and this is going to be true, and I hate to say this, but the greatest group in most places are going to be the marginal individuals because they're just there to get the check. They don't have a higher purpose or a higher calling in what they're doing because my identity is not in my job. My identity is in Christ. So when I do my job, <clears throat> I'm reflecting the one in whom I have my identity in. And so I want to encourage you guys to be encouraged in this. Listen, wherever you are, do it the best you can. Put, the, put your heart into it. Put zeal into it. Um, even if no one takes notice, develop this discipline because what it is, is it is a display of character. And you will take this with you to your next job or the new company you start. Or it begins to overflow in other areas of your life. So I want to encourage you to develop this discipline of this as well. So that's another attribute you're going to find with these men. They're going to work hard at what they do. So here we go. Just quickly for one quick recap. Number one, keep a mindset, keep a growth mindset. Keep focusing on growing. Don't ever settle. Just keep growing. Number two, honor God first. Number three, keep your promises. Number four, do not commit unless you're certain that you can deliver. Number five, be an honest man. Be honest. Do what you say you're going to do. Number, seven, number six, surround yourself. Begin to look for and surround yourself with men who exhibit high moral character and integrity in the full spectrum of their lives. Number seven, get comfortable with telling people no. And, and number eight, be on time. Number nine, whatever you do, do it heartily as if you're doing it for God, the one who redeemed you, because your identity is in Christ. And whatever you do, displays the one in whom you have your identity in. Guys, I want to encourage you to stay gritty and may your life be a life that brings glory to our great God and King. God bless you guys. Have an awesome week. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll talk to you next time on the Gritty Men Podcast.